well into a new game week. He is Zach Blackerby. I am Brad Law, and we thank you for watching Village Vice. All right, you've had a, another 24 hours since we last talked to think about not just, like we, we talk a little bit about the Ole Miss game, but about the state of the house, the state of the current Auburn football team. Do you feel any differently than you did right after the game Saturday or, say, midday Sunday, Zach? I might feel a little better, but I, I still don't feel good. And and how can you, coming off of four straight losses? I mean, that's a big deal. And, and we'll talk about some of what Hugh Free said in a moment. But, you know, the, yeah. the state of where the Auburn fan base is and where the Auburn football program is, is they're taking the backseat to a lot of people. And Auburn fans don't feel like that should certainly be yeah. the case because you lost – Four of the top five toughest games that you're going to play this year mm -hmm. all in a row. And the, the the order of the schedule and how it all fell out stinks. Yep. But it could get better. It could get better. Uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Vandy, New Mexico State, not in that order, but close. Uh, they're all very beatable, Brad. And so, to me... I don't think we really know how this season's going to go until yeah. we see, okay, can Auburn, Auburn can't beat the team to have better rosters than them this year up to this point. We'll see if that changes when they play the Iron Bowl. Mm -hmm. But Auburn, even in the state of where the program is right now, and it's not in a good spot historically, I think the roster is better than, uh, than Arkansas's, the mm -hmm. Mississippi States, the New Mexico States and Vandy's. So can they beat teams that they have as much or more talent than? That's that's the next question. So far, they have. And so far, True. when teams have had more talent, they haven't. And so what I'm going to do right now, I've thought about it for an extra day. I got some good coffee pumping through my system this morning. And I've already had a, a really healthy discussion around the office. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to carry some water. All right, you ready for me to carry some water? That was that was that was really cheesy. All right, that was so lame. I know. I want to cry right now. <laughs> yeah, but some. All right, thanks for listening to Village Vice. We'll see you tomorrow. No, 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 no. We're gonna you're gonna stick around and sit through this. Um, everything that has happened so far this season, in terms of the results, was supposed to happen. The objective people who follow college football, who set betting lines, who watch from afar and aren't passionately, personally invested. All of them said, Auburn to beat UMass, Auburn to beat Cal, Auburn to beat Samford, lose to A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss. The history of the programs don't matter this year, 2023. Doesn't matter that Ole Miss hasn't won anything since St. Swithin's Day. and that, you know That doesn't matter. They're a better team in 2023. The program is in better shape this year than Auburn's because they have been building, and Auburn has begun the building process. Same with LSU, same with Georgia, same with Texas A&M. Everything that was supposed, you can't name me one thing from a results perspective that has happened that wasn't supposed to happen. If Auburn had beaten A&M, Georgia, LSU, or Ole Miss, any of those four teams, any of them, as much as we talk about, boy, it would be great and we need it to happen and, and we thought it was going to happen a couple of times over that stretch, what would the main framing of the narrative have been after those games? Look at what Hugh Freeze and staff are doing in just their first year. Wait until they have a chance to 
build it the way that that they want to build it. So, right, the passing offense has been bad. There's no other way to frame it than it's bad. But as we talked a little bit about Sunday, there are teams with better records with worse passing offenses. There are teams with worse records with better offensive statistics. The total package of wins and losses is not acceptable by Auburn standards, and the head coach addressed it in his press conference today, but objectively, and it's hard for me to be objective, it's hard for, again, if you're following passionately and, and personally, it's hard to be objective, but the results that have happened so far were supposed to have happened, according to the objective people. So uh, I picked I picked Auburn to go 7-5 this year and to lose these four games in a row. Okay. So as far as like this was supposed to happen, I I'm cool with all of that. Where where I push back on that and where I kind of look at myself and say, okay, where I'm wrong now compared to what I was saying going into the season is how it looked, I do think is discouraging. Mm -hmm. They haven't picked a quarterback yet, and it doesn't sound like they're going to. There's injuries in a lot of places that, like, as soon as you get healthy, more guys drop. I mean, th that's that's an issue. And just the total offensive identity is terrible. Like, it's really, really bad. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know if everything that was supposed to happen has happened because I think Auburn was supposed to have some sort of identity on offense by this point. I think mm -hmm. Auburn was supposed to have a true starting quarterback at this point, and those things haven't happened. But as far as wins and losses, if you just chalk it up as wins and losses, sure, I'm with yeah. you. But isn't that what, again, just for the sake of argument, and I love that we can have this conversation and it's a and it's a critically thinking conversation rather than just the emotional off-the-wall, up-and-down yo-yo type conversation. Mm -hmm. Isn't that really what we care about? It's it's the wins and losses, and especially next year and the year after and the year after when we look back at this year. Like, does anybody, yeah. when you look back at 2021, do you remember how we looked in certain games or 2019, how we looked in certain games or that? You don't really remember that. You go, oh, yeah, that's the year we won eight games or that's the year we won 10 games or this, that, or the other. At the end of the day, it's a results-oriented business, and we remember as fans the results those mid-2000s teams with Tommy Tuberville as the head coach, they weren't very impressive. Some of them weren't all that impressive offensively. Yeah. The defense knocked the crap out of you. But, you know, you're winning games 10 to 6 and 17 to 14 and those types sure. of games. But you're sure. winning 9-10 games, and that's how we remember it. Right, right. But, I mean, since you brought up the Tuberville era, like, okay, yeah. well, he was known for what? I mean, he was known for physical teams and defense. Mm -hmm. You bring in an offensive-minded head coach, and you don't see his offense. Yep. I mean, the the previous offenses that Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery have had, like, this team doesn't, doesn't have that. I mean, it, it's an anomaly. And I think that's where the concern is in my mind is like, where is the Hugh freeze offense? And mm -hmm. it seems like he's staying away from it right now. And I got, I guess we'll see more of it next year. Yeah. We'll see. But to me, that's, that's where it's different because this year was never about just this year. It was about setting up the future of the Hugh freeze era. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. Wins and losses are the only things that matter. And the people that say no to that are the same people that say, well, the Georgia, the Georgia loss 
wasn't a moral victory, right? It's, yeah. And it's like, well, both of those things can't be true at once. It either matters or it doesn't. So yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that. But I think Auburn folks wanted to see more of a glimpse to what we could expect or a drive here and there that says, yes, we're going to get, instead of getting those once a game, we're going to get those like four or five times a game moving forward. Yeah, And we haven't had that at all, with the exception of maybe, shoot, what what's the best drive of the season? The last one against Cal? Rivaldo's Probably. touchdown drive against Cal? And like that, you know, we, we need some of that in conference play, right? Yeah. I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. I agree. I made the point earlier that, um, you know, uh, both Iowa and Minnesota to a, to a degree and Air Force all have worse passing up op- because that's really when we're talking about this Auburn offense not living up to, to it. We're talking about the passing game. Is that fair to say? Yeah. OK, well, they, those three teams have worse passing games, mm-hmm. worse, and their records are better. Look at the teams they've played. The, the schedule does matter. And I would submit to you that it's very likely that if Auburn's schedule was A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, I'm sorry, if it was A&M, Mississippi State, Georgia, Vandy, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss, New Mexico State, if it was laid out that way, sure, as opposed to A&M, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, not that Auburn historically or as a program takes a back seat to those four teams because, let's be clear, it doesn't take a back seat. But the 2023 versions of these teams, there's a reason why Auburn was not favored in any of those four games. They played about even with where the objective folks thought they would with Ole Miss. They were closer to beating Georgia than the objective folks thought they should be. And they were further away than the objective folks thought they should be against A&M and LSU. Now we get this stretch, with all due respect, to State, Vandy, Hogs, and New Mexico State. Let's see if the same level of struggle is there against these four teams and Auburn still got to prove it can be a, a, you know, coherent offense on the road anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big, that's a big if, by the way, I'll admit that to you. But if you get the same level of struggle, the next four weeks that you've had these last four games, that's when I think the sirens start going off because to this point it hasn't affected it, it it hasn't had any visible effects on recruiting and it hasn't had any visible effects on how hard this team is playing, how they're responding to their coaches yeah. because they continue to go out and, and give unbelievable effort. Not enough. You got to have execution. You got to have explosiveness. Um, but the, the struggles haven't affected this team in any visible way to this point. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this this team seems together for sure. And they know how brutal that four-game stretch was. They know yeah. it gets easier in theory. So we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. All right, let's talk about the press conference, what your biggest takeaways from that were, Brad. But first, our friends at MyBookie.ag, they've got a special deal for you. When you make your free account at MyBookie.ag and you make that first deposit, be sure to use promo code next round and they will take care of you. You'll get some nice extra cheddar to put on the Auburn Tigers against Mississippi State or whoever you want. Whoever you want, the NFL's uh, going crazy. The World Series is pretty much here, just days away. And then obviously, uh, you, know, you got the NBA as well. There's plenty of things going on in mybookie.ag. That's all I'm trying to say. 
And so many folks kind of tune out throughout the state of Alabama because they're like, oh, well, you can't you can't do that in, in, in the state of Alabama. That's not true. Yeah. MyBookie.ag does not care where you are. So head over to MyBookie.ag. Use promo code next round when you make that first deposit, and they will take care of you. Brad Law, you, uh, you, you just got back yeah. from the press conference in person. Your biggest takeaway was what? couple things. I continue to be impressed by the fact that uh, Hugh Freeze gets the the passion of the Auburn fan base. He understand like he he hit it head on today in the opening statement. He wasn't asked about it, but in his opening statement, he said, "You know, I understand the frustration of the fans that mm-hmm. Auburn shouldn't take a back seat to anybody." Right. And when you lose four straight games, and when it's been a while since you've beaten Georgia, when you've you know dropped a couple in a row to LSU and uh, dropped two in a row to Ole Miss for the first time in 71 years. They haven't played every year in 71, but, you know, I, it can start to feel that way. And I think there's a genuine desire from this head coach to win for the Auburn fan base, to give the Auburn fans what – they feel like they should have in a product on the field. That's going to take time to get there, but I think there's that understanding. I don't think that I don't think the previous head coach had that understanding. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty apparent, uh, or didn't care. I mean, it just it wasn't a part of his thinking, and it is a part of this coach's thinking. Uh, another big takeaway was I don't think you're going to see anything change on the quarterback uh, rotation. Um, they no. seem awfully committed to both Thorne and Ashford running totally separate independent versions of the offense when they are in, as opposed to saying, this is the full offense. You go out and run the full package. There are limitations that are on each quarterback. And he was asked directly about it a couple of times. Don't see that changing. Think if you now expect to see it change, that's on you because he's been very clear that that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just still... Blows my mind, Brad. But you know, well, what little, he said after the what he said after the game and the post game pressers, mm-hmm. he didn't think that the quarterback rotation had an impact on the outcome of the game. And right? Maybe, maybe he's right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would have worded it that way, but yeah. At least we know what he's thinking. At least we yeah. know where he's at on it. Yep. And we do. And as we've said before, you're not decoding anything. So that no. that is that's right where he is. Um. Uh, Avery Jones doubtful uh, for this week. And so I think you're looking at the true freshman, Connor Liu. And I thought it was interesting that he mentioned the, uh, you know, Avery's run blocking in particular. He's really strong coming off the ball in run blocking. And uh, Coach Freeze thought that, you know, maybe the run game suffered a little bit in the second half uh, because Connor obviously is tremendously talented and is going to be really good before he leaves Auburn. Um, but doesn't quite have the same explosiveness off the ball that uh, that, that Avery Jones has. So another opportunity for Connor to, to learn and grow, and I, I think you, you probably pencil him in as your starting center against Mississippi State. When I talk to folks within the program, and, and Connor Lou is brought up, they go out of their way to say over and over and over again, he's, he's not a freshman. Yeah. He's not treated like a freshman. It's like a junior that's out there. And – the fact that there wasn't some crazy amount of drop-off from Avery Jones to Connor Liu is pretty amazing, right? Because, I mean, what was the biggest selling point and talking point when Avery Jones came over? It's like, man, this guy's been playing college football for a long time and playing mm-hmm. some serious snaps and reps year after year after year. 
And then Connor Liu comes in and he's competing. I mean, he's competing with Avery Jones. And, and I talked to some folks within the program and said, hey, even if Avery Jones was healthy, mm -hmm. I think there would be an open conversation about what's happening at center right yeah. now because Connor Liu has been that good and Avery Jones in pass protection has not been great. And so, and, and I think even running in the running game, he's been inconsistent. So um, I love the idea of Connor Liu starting. I wish... I kind of hope he starts the rest of the season, Brad, because all of a sudden I think it raises the floor just a little bit for next season because Connor Liu is going to start at center next year. So go ahead and give him the reps. It stinks for Avery because this is his last year of eligibility. But as far as building your program, you need guys up front and Connor Liu coming in as a true sophomore. Yeah. Um, he's got a chance to be an all SEC type player early, early in his yep. career so it stinks for avery but it's great for connor it's not the only variable but it is a true variable that auburn's last two sec championship teams had senior centers who got extensive extensive playing time either their freshman year or like they were the full starter from their sophomore year on reese dismukes in 2013 mm -hmm. and ryan Pugh in 2010 and Pugh started half or more of the 07 season as a true freshman. So again, it's not an indicator. It's not a hundred percent, you know, solidified marker of success, but it is true that these last two sec championship teams had veteran centers. That center position is awfully important calling out and identifying, you know, what, what you have to, uh, the, the keystone of the offensive line. Yep, absolutely. All right. Let's jump into some early thoughts on Mississippi state. Okay. And what we're expecting from the Tigers. Um, but Brad, you got to tell folks why you're looking so trim and fresh right now. Manscaped. Man, that's it. Manscaped.com. If you go there today, use the code VICE. That is our code. It belongs to nobody else. And you as a viewer of Village Vice, it's your code. You get 20% off plus free shipping. So uh, we're getting into spooky season. All right. Don't let it be spooky season for you below the belt, would you please? And make sure that you're nice and clean up here under the neck or on the neck under your beard. Just look, keep keep it nice and trim everywhere with Manscaped. Manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping right now. Manscaped, a uh, proud sponsor here on Village Vice and the best in men's grooming. No question about it. Love our friends at Manscaped. And I love this matchup for Auburn this Saturday as Mississippi State comes to town. They've got questions about the quarterback position as well. Different mm -hmm. types of questions. Um, Mike Wright started in place of Will Rogers, who was injured this past week. Yep. And it the feeling is Rogers will not be ready by Saturday based off of everything I've heard and read so yep. far. Um, sounds like you're, you're you're hearing similar things. So Mike Wright, not as good as Will Rogers. In fact, Rogers was kind of the strength of this team. Like the yeah. argument for Mississippi State potentially over um, overachieving this year because they had the most experienced quarterback in the conference. And they don't have that. And they scored seven points against Arkansas. They won. Yeah. They won that game. They scored the, the score to that game was seven to three early, and then it never changed, which I can't imagine how frustrating that was for either fan base sitting there through that entire thing. But I get it. I yeah. feel like we've been in similar situations to that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a big deal. And this is something that, you know, Auburn could really benefit from this. 
Mike Wright threw 12 passes against Arkansas. Arkan, uh, he rushed 11 times. He was their leading rusher with 60 yards. They had a total of 36 running plays and 12 pass attempts in the game. So the play calls may have been different if you take into account scrambles and sacks, but that's a three-to-one ratio of running plays to pass attempts. Uh, And that's only 48 plays in the game. My goodness, that's a low play count. Uh, As a team this year, Mississippi State, it's a complete 180, and it's very interesting to see the way Zach Arnett handled the change the defensive coordinator becoming the head coach under horrible circumstances. And he immediately changed the identity of the offense. Immediately. There was no attempt to carry on the Mike Leach offense. Uh, And as a result, they have thrown it about 190 times and they've run it about 220 times this year. So it is a different dynamic with Wright as the quarterback because he's a dual threat guy. He, He has the ability to run. Uh, the main concern is the state. The strength of Mississippi State is their defense. They limited Arkansas to 97 passing yards Whew. in Fayetteville. Uh, they play a chaotic brand of defense. It's not easy to predict or prepare for either running or throwing the ball. So Auburn will continue to have some challenges offensively, and they're, they're going to try to break through against a defense that – held K.J. Jefferson under 100 yards through the air. Now, subsequently, Arkansas's offensive coordinator was fired uh, before the week of practice even started. So they got problems at Arkansas, but uh, that's to take not a whole lot away from what State's defense is capable of doing. Yeah, I'm not expecting a whole lot of points on Saturday. This screams 17 to 10 type, type vibes to me. They have given up. 51 first downs on the ground. They've given up 68 first downs through the air. Um, yeah, they gave up 28 points to Western Michigan a couple of weeks ago, but that's a non-conference game that was in control, or they were in control of. They gave up 37 to South Carolina, 40 to Alabama, 41 to LSU. So there are teams have been able to put up some points. Yeah, all of those offenses are way better than Auburn's, though. They are. Mentioned. That's that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So we'll dive into some more of the logistics of the matchups as we go throughout the week. But no question. No question. Auburn, Auburn is favored, and that's kind of the take-home message here is for the mm-hmm. first time since Cal, because you don't put out lines against FCS opponents. Uh, right. Auburn's won the games that it was objectively, objectively based on Vegas lines or mybookie.ag lines, supposed to win. They've lost the games they were supposed to lose. They're supposed to win this one. Yeah, and I think they will. I think they will. Brad, that just about does it for today's show. It does. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Remember, until next time, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. (laughs) 